So welcome to our first podcast on understanding the impact of AI on small businesses. This podcast is brought to you by March's Growth Hub, Choice Master and Buy From. My name's Louise Wellsby and alongside the magnificent David George, we have been running a series of events on behalf of March's Growth Hub designed to educate small business owners on how to um, understand how AI and ChatGPT can benefit businesses. And today I'm going to talk to David so that we can really get some of his expertise and insights so that we can understand more about how AI is here to stay and how it can benefit your business. So David, just so everyone understands, you know, your own area of expertise in AI, could you just tell us a little bit about about you and your business? My background is really in mathematics and computer science, and I've been in the AI space since the mid-90s, quite a long time now and have designed and built many AI systems, um, just like many other people. I also got bowled over a bit with the, with the introduction of um, generative AI in, in initially in the form of ChatGPT, which has taken the world by storm, and um, have, have picked up that and have used it quite a lot now and have been experimenting with it and to see what it can do and what it can't do. So where is its strengths and where are, are its weaknesses? Which is great. And that's obviously what we're going to kind of talk through today so that we can really help small businesses understand more about ChatGBT. So for those um, business owners who are listening, who at the moment just have heard of AI or heard of ChatGBT, but know nothing more than the terms, how would you kind of best describe or explain what they are? Well, ChatGPT is is an implementation of 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 a one of the AI disciplines called generative AI. Um, there are other forms of artificial intelligence, but uh, this this one is of particular interest because it's probably for the first time um, is is a product that can be used by everyday people to get some significant benefit uh, from its from its use. Its primary purpose and what it was actually designed to do is to um, predict what the next word in a sequence of words is going to be. And from that very simple um, um, objective <laughs> uh, of the software, it can actually do remarkable, quite remarkable things and also some unremarkable things, which we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll cover. And we did indeed cover in, in the level of detail um, during our events for the March's Growth Hub. But generally, it's very good at generating content. So you feed it what's called a prompt, and based on that prompt, which it uses as a, a, as a directive, <laughs> it will then generate output uh, from that. So you can give it a prompt to say, give me some ideas of what I can do today, and it will go away and generate a page full of suggestions <laughs> for you on what you could do today. So it's so from a business perspective, where it's being used primarily is in generating content for posting on social media websites. Um, typical example would be blogs. And what impact have you kind of identified with all of your exploration and understanding of the use of kind of ChatBT and other generative AI? What's been the impact on the business community? Well, according to some very respectable surveys that have been conducted by very respectable um, um, organisations, some 70% of business leaders in the larger business uh, community has a, pl- has a business plan to, to deploy um, generative AI products 
in the form of uh, ChatGPT and others that are available coming from Google, for example, and from Microsoft to, to help in, their, in, in a number of their business processes. And some of the early examples of where it's being used very effectively is in call centers, where, where the, the generative AI product can be used to automatically draft um, email responses to incoming emails from clients which, uh, of course, helps improve the productivity of people that are actually currently employed to do that job. One of the big fears about this, of course, is that uh, there will be large uh, job displacement uh, numbers, which in some cases will be true, but it's not going to be complete jobs that will be lost to technologies like generative AI and ChatGPT, possibly in particular, but um, it will be aspects of a job that will go tasks. A job is usually made up of a number of tasks, and some of those tasks will be very amenable to using this technology. Great. And that leads us quite nicely, I think, into my next question, which, and you've touched on a few of things, these things, but perhaps if we could provide a summary for those listening in terms of the top benefits and uses for particularly for the SME community. If somebody's brand new to kind of exploring ChatGPT, what would be the big kind of selling point for kind of going down that route and exploring? Well, I mean, a number of challenges for the, for the small business owner is getting their product or their service to market. And um, a lot of time and effort and indeed some, relatively speaking, uh, relative to a small business turnover, relatively expensive um, outsourcing to marketing companies or marketing experts in order to generate content for them, for sending targeted um, marketing material to businesses or for posting um, marketing-oriented information uh, onto social media websites. There's a big payback opportunity there, and it doesn't need, you don't need to be necessarily a marketing expert to, to do it. There will always be a need for a human of one form or another uh, with with one set of skills or another to actually verify what's being produced automatically by ChatGPT if we use that product as an example of generative AI, because you can say to it, okay, this is the business I'm in. I'm a, I own a small hairdresser's or a small jewellery st- store in Bridge North, um, and I'm trying to expand and grow the business. I want to create more awareness for, for the services or the products that I can offer, you know, Here's a little, here's a brief description of what my business is and what it does. This is what I'd like to achieve as a result of sending out marketing material. Can you please generate a first draft for me? And it will take what you've given it as input and it will generate some output for you which is um, usually very, very good. Well, it was exciting to see that learning journey that those that came, I mean, a lot of people joined us, didn't they, week on week for our six-week programme with March's Growth Hub. And it was brilliant to see people coming back the week after and just suddenly going, I tried this and it was really exciting and sharing their ideas with each other. And it demonstrated just the opportunity that was out there and the impact that it could make. And, uh, you know, everything from uh, blogs, SEO content, website descriptions, email automation, social media content, suddenly you're giving people an enormous amount of time and resource to be able to kind of continue on their journey and, and to focus on other things. I think what would be really useful to talk a bit more about, and we spoke about it a lot during our kind of webinar series, is 
the fact that you absolutely, the caveat has to be that you it does not replace the human and you've touched on it a few times already. So it would be really good to talk about that. So, you know, one of the big warnings is that you can't just put anything into ChatGPT or any other generative AI program and then just expect that it's given you back the exact bit of marketing content that you need. Can you talk a little bit to us about that? Because I think that's really important that people really understand the role of the human in terms of ChatGPT and AI. Yes. The best way to think about it is if is if you're using a product like ChatGPT, and it, it might not come easily, but to think of it as if you're communicating with another human being, you know, because it really is all about communication. And in the case of ChatGPT, it's all about the prompt. How do you actually use the language to define what you want in a way that it will then actually know, and I say no in inverted commas because it doesn't actually know much at all. It, it knows how to how to string together sequences of words, but um, it will then know exactly what it's trying to achieve in terms of, of its output. So in the same way as if we're talking to another person and we ask them to do something for, for us, if we don't give them relatively clear instructions, then we may not achieve what, what we've asked them to do. So it, that's actually quite critical, getting the prompts correct. So it's really all about the prompts. And um, while some people are concerned about job displacement and um, it's not, this isn't necessarily the forum to discuss that in great detail, but that is going to happen, it uh, also is going to create new opportunities and and the job title prompt engineer has now become part of our of the vocabulary that is being used because these are people that know actually how to instruct generative AI products to get what they want out of it. That's great. I, mean, I want to come back to that because I think the, the, the role of the prompt and understanding that I think is a really important thing for us to discuss. But before we move on from the kind of the problems and the concerns and the role of the human, there's also a fact-checking element that people have got to be very conscious of, aren't they? I, I'm, I think during the process of our workshops, I think I was doing some of my own research and I typed in uh, top 10 restaurants and to go to in Ludlow and it had like, to create a blog for the visitor experience or sh visit Shropshire and it had come back with some really great examples but three of the restaurants it recommended no longer exist. So it's that, it's really important. Is Now, is that something to do, why is it pulling old information? Is there, is it that ChatGPT and other generative AI can only kind of track through the internet to a certain year. I know there's, if you could explain mm. a little bit about the fact-checking requirement. Yeah, there are there are two issues um, specifically related. To, one of them related to all generative AI products and one of them specifically to ChatGPT. ChatGPT doesn't know anything about the world after September 2021. That's when it's training, it's formal training finished. So if you were to ask it um, who's President of the United States, it will tell you that it's still Donald Trump. Um, and will that is that something that will change? Will it start to learn more about the world post that as a result of its evolution? Or will that remain forever? Not a problem? in not in the way it will. Rem it will always be there as an issue. That particular uh, cutoff date for its for its training, which cost millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and took months and months and months and months to achieve. So it's not a practical proposition to keep on training it 
with the entire content of the internet, which is basically what happened in, in its initial training. Um, but there are now methods that can be used to update its information uh, to, to make it more current. But that primary responsibility is in the hands of the, of the person that's using it. And it's something that's called um, fine-tuning. You can fine-tune the basic underlying models with more up-to-date um, information so that it's, it learns a bit more based on the more that you're telling it. There are a number of ways in which you can do achieve that. Some are relatively straightforward and you can include up-to-date information in your prompt um, and others are slightly more complex and you will need technical support to achieve it where you actually retrain it in a more formal way based on a larger volume of, of data. The other issue is um, the problem which um, we term hallucination, which is quite an interesting problem and it's sort of it's an easier word to, to understand than confabulation, <laughs> which is the more academic word that's used, but it basically invents facts. And it's interesting as to why that actually happens. It is so set on achieving its goal of creating output for you that if it doesn't know the truth and it can't find an answer, it just invents it for you. So it's quite <laughs> fascinating in a sense, isn't it? Like that element of creativity that it's it's able to achieve, but I suppose that's quite dangerous as well. well. Extremely dangerous. And the general rule, and we did bring this up again in the uh, webinars, is that you need a human in the loop to verify the output that you're getting, not just for is it generating the output in terms of the words it's using, Does that is that your style of output that you want to produce, but also is anything it, that it's producing, is it in fact accurate? And the general rule is if you need 100% reliability on the output, then you can't really use it as a, as a faithful, reliable technology to, to apply to solve a problem. But if there's, I suppose, a practical tip for those listening then in terms of just overcoming the limitations that we've discussed are to potentially either upload a document or to kind of provide web links that it particularly wants to, you particularly want it to explore where it might find more relevant, up-to-date and accurate information and kind of repurpose it in that way, would you yeah. say? Google Bard and Microsoft Bing are implementations of generative AI. And in fact, the Microsoft Bing implementation uses the underlying uh, OpenAI chat GPT foundation models, but it has the capability. It's been integrated into Microsoft search engine. So it can, in fact, access absolutely uh, in real time, up-to-date information. So it has an advantage over chat GPT in that particular area as does Google Bard, which uses its own underlying models. And the way in which OpenAI's ChatGPT addresses that problem is that there are now plugins that are starting to become available to add in extra capability to ChatGPT, such as searching the internet. Great, thank you. Um, and now let's return to the prompt, which you spoke about earlier. And the fact that getting the best out of any generative AI system is about understanding the importance of the prompt. It's all about the prompt. So could you perhaps give, for those listening, kind of give an oversight of why the prompt is so valuable and maybe we can provide some tips on how people can really start to master the art of prompting for their own business? Yes, you can start off with the best way to go 
through a little bit of a learning curve and an ex, it's an experience curve, uh, curve really that you're that you're wanting to achieve is you can start off by simple you know you can actually ask oh, oh, I'm going to be in Ludlow this weekend which restaurant can I go to and then it will come back and it will one way or the other <laughs> it will have found a list of restaurants that it can suggest to you to go to but then you'll look at that list that it's returning and you'll say well, yeah, but actually, I'm, you know, one of the parties um, vegetarian, and so we need to have a vegetarian option on the menu. This one's actually right on the edge of town, and we're not driving; we're walking. So, you know, we want one closer to the centre of the town. So, what you would do then is you would say you would add in now that extra detail that you're now going to instruct the generative AI product to adhere to. So now you'll say, okay. Please suggest some restaurants that we can go to. They must have a vegetarian uh, options on, on the menu and they must be within 10 minutes walk of the centre of town. And then it will go away and it will rerun and, re- and regenerate output that will actually satisfy um, the criteria that you, you've defined. And what's been learned, even by the original developers who turned out to be somewhat surprised, uh, they didn't realise that... Uh, that it, that it had some of these um, inherent <laughs> capabilities is that it, they respond very well to very precise instructions. So if you want something precise as output, you input a prompt that is actually very, very precise. You give it instructions. And there are all sorts of techniques that are now starting to appear in some of the academic journals. Um, and now they're coming out of the academic environment and coming now into the practical into the real world where people are applying them and getting successful results. Things like chain of thought reasoning, you know, which is basically how we as humans reason. There are models now of putting a prompt together that will implement that stage-by-stage chain of thought process. So Um, fascinating. Well, yes. And now with this concept called attention, which allows the context of a conversation to be maintained by by the generative AI, you can actually feed output from one set of instructions in, as use that as input into another set of instructions in the same context. So, Could you develop that a little bit? Because I think you you showed for the you showed an example of some of that in um, in one of the webinars, but actually just exploring that a little bit because I think that's really interesting and would you know if, when people try it, it might blow their mind slightly how that actually works. If we take an example, I was I was showing to somebody the the other day. If you take up the marketing or and the technical specification description of a laptop computer, which might be a page and a half or half a page of you know of, of, of text, you can actually, and that is digital, you can feed that in as part of the prompt. Uh, you don't break certain limit limits, but that, you know, a few hundred words isn't going to break break any limits. Uh, you can feed that as part of the prompt and you can say, based on the following input, please generate for me a summary description a list of all the features and a list of all the features that are mentioned and a title for a blog. (laughs) And it will go away and it will do that. And it will do it because you've given it a chain of thought style of reasoning. Do this first, then do this, and then do this. So 
you know, Brilliant. and it actually works. It actually, it actually works um, quite quite well. And it's um, it's it's demonstrating that kind of progression in terms of content that's that's proven. I think in terms of the feedback that we received from the webinar series, that people suddenly were like, "Wow, you know the the way in which you can develop that interaction with terms of content." So you know, creating a blog that you can then ask it to turn that into a press release aimed at this particular kind of audience, then you can turn that into social media content, a long form right. LinkedIn post, and yes. you can just stay within that that one kind of chat. Right. And suddenly you've got lots of different opportunities, haven't you, to kind of develop the content and allow it to be rolled out. Well yes, you can and you can you can do lots of things that initially people didn't know they could do, but as a result of just being a bit off the wall and just throwing anything at it to see what you can get out of it um, is producing some interesting results because you can say to it, um, I'm preparing my marketing campaign for my for my new range of jewellery. Um, this is the style of person that I'm interested in influencing to to come and, you know, come and at least look at my jewellery and and hopefully hopefully end up buying, purchasing some from me, you know. And you can put in a little bit of a persona and ask it to generate marketing messages directed at that persona, and it will do that. Yeah, amazing. So we've spoken predominantly about kind of text-based AI responses. What other things can kind of generative AI do that might help a you know a business owner? Well, image generation now, of course, you know that's um, that's starting to become um, pretty important. So you can there are a number of gen- of generative AI products around that specialize. In images, ChatGPT, for example, doesn't do it itself, but OpenAI does have um, um, an image generator product that you can feed output from ChatGPT into that process and ask it to generate uh, an, image, an image for you based on on some text. You know, there are a number of amazing image generators out there that uh, can copy a style of famous artists. You know, generate generate an image. Of somebody, of a lady in a long dress, you know, wearing a sun hat, picking daisies in an open field. Do that, please, in a style of Monet, (laughs) and it will actually generate and it generates something that's very, uh, very photorealistic. And if anything, it's about just empowering people to actually go away and play and explore and understand and experiment, and then identify the the myriad ways in which it might benefit. You know, your own creativity and your own. And, you know, in your own marketing and communication yeah. efforts. You know, there are two sides to, to every story, of course. You yeah. know, the, on the positive side, then, yes, you can use it. And in many cases, you can learn a lot about it free of charge before you need to make a commitment to use a paid version because you want to use things, do it more frequently or you need access to certain functionality that you can't get on the free tier. But you can use it free of charge, get through a learning curve, by experimenting, as you say. So that's the good side. On the negative, more negative side, unfortunately, there's no, there are no rules that you can follow to, make, to guarantee that you're going to get what you ask for. So it really is a question of learning by experience and practice and, and then understanding yourself that if you want to achieve this, this is the best way of going about doing it. One of the things that we were questions that we were asked quite frequently by people who were just kind of coming to our webinar sessions as a one-off was whether they would be penalised for putting AI-generated content on their website or out. So 
does Google, for example, penalise a business for generated content? Google does have certain rules about AI-generated content, and you will be not necessarily penalised, but you might be marginalised in that you might appear in a competitive situation for ranking. You might appear a bit lower down if it detects that you've used generative AI. Um, How would it detect? So, so if it's creating unique content, what would be the sure signs that um, perhaps the human hasn't intercepted well enough and it is purely generative? There's no guaranteed way at this point in time. I mean, it's a subject in the field of ethical and responsible AI. Um, it's, it's currently, a, you know, a very large subject that is being debated by governments around the world because of there needs to be controls put in place for any number of reasons. But there's no guaranteed way at this point in time of identifying AI-generated content. However, Google are on record as saying they do believe that they have found a way of being pretty sure uh, that they can identify it. Um, and it's all down to mathematics at the end of the day. It's just looking for patterns in what's been produced. Whilst um, ChatGPT and Google Bard and Microsoft, um, Microsoft being output is very human-like in terms of, of its readability, um, it is nonetheless very formulaic behind the scenes. And so if you understand how the foundation models have been put together in the first place, then you've got a pretty good opportunity to be able to reverse engineer that to actually have a good chance of identifying that it has in fact been generated by by software. So the chances are that most people listening here won't be able to kind of necessarily unpick the formula or be able to ascertain that, but might be very concerned that if they are starting to use generative AI platforms like ChatGPT, that they might then be penalised. So I guess it would a good tip always be then in terms of you intercept every bit of content and you interrogate it and you make sure it has your tone of voice. You, you know, are providing all the links back to your website, that you're making it very personal, that you use whatever ChatGPT pushes out and you personalise it. Quite correct, you, yes. And that's the best way to control it at this stage. Use it as an as an assistant. Use it as a pretty clever helper, you know, to overcome issues associated with having this blank page. You you want to get a marketing message out there, but you're stuck with the blank page. You So just use it as an idea generator, not as the yeah. final solution. Um, and yes, it doesn't know anything. Well, no, it doesn't know anything. But it doesn't understand what your tone of voice might be or how you would rather articulate, um, you know, a, a sales proposal, for example, or some marketing, um, some marketing speak. So you would always want to look at what's being produced and you would always want to personalise it yourself. But at least you're going to get 80% of the work done for you in, in very quick time and at exceptionally low cost. And that thing frees up our most important resource, which is time. By using these tools um, correctly and appropriately and responsibly, we end up having more time to do the things that we're really good at, you know. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so there are, there are, it's a win-win situation. And ultimately, I suppose that time that it buys back is one of the key ways in which AI can really support business growth, isn't it? Because yes. of productivity, which you've already mentioned, time to focus on product or service development, you know, strategy, all of those things that, you know, we're always juggling and spinning multiple plates. And it gives you an opportunity to keep communicating and 
find oh. the time you need to grow. You know, as, as we've discussed, you know, a number of times in in the recent past, it's hard to get to market. It's hard to to find the right avenues for communication. And that anything that we can use uh, generative AI products to help us with, um, you know, it's got to be beneficial to uh, the success of our, our business. And by buying us time, by helping us get more time during our, our busy days, you know, we'd rather be out there prospecting um, than maybe sitting there spending two hours trying to write a marketing brief, you know, like, like ChatGPT, for example, do it, do that bit for us. We can then spend 15 minutes just making sure it's exactly what we want by by manually, you know, adding adding our own amendments to that, and then get that going. And then we've got more time to do the things that are that we're really good at. Brilliant. And we we keep mentioning ChatGPT, and obviously, if anybody is exploring generative AI for the first time, and you you Google it, and you get the myriad platforms that are coming up. Obviously, there's so many platforms out there. Can you just perhaps explain to us why we focused on ChatGPT in terms of what we were delivering and why that would be, say, the um, the recommended first introduction to, to to AI for business owners to use? There's a number of things that we need to, to appreciate. You're quite right. There's a myriad of products out there all professing to actually, you know, help you do this, help you achieve that, increase your sales leads tenfold or whatever, you know, earn another £1,000 a month, you know, using this product. Most of them are wrappers around ChatGPT, <laughs> for example, you know. So um, the public user interface to ChatGPT is not the most user-friendly um, that I've ever seen. And so a lot of these, these businesses that have seemingly sprung up overnight are putting much easier to use wrappers and user interfaces around their calls to ChatGPT. So what they're doing is they're taking information from you using their interface, doing a little bit of pre-processing on that to generate a prompt and then feeding that into ChatGPT to get the results back. So it's all still product like ChatGPT uh, that's actually being used um, in the final analysis. So if we take the top three generative AI products, ChatGPT was the first to, you know, its overnight claim to, to, to fame. I mean, it had the most, it achieved millions and millions of users in the first week and set all sorts of new global records, you know, for, for being the most used product within a week. And then we look at Google, Google Bard and, um, and Microsoft Bing. Microsoft Bing and, and ChatGPT are almost, the same thing, except that obviously Bing is a search engine and you can get access to more real-time, up-to-date data from it. So if we talk about OpenAI's ChatGPT and Google Bard, they're sort of more or less um, the same thing when it comes to the underlying foundation model capabilities. But if we look at Google Bard, um, even though it has this real-time um, internet search capability that's plugged in, into it, its foundation model is not uh, hasn't been trained on as much as ChatGPT and the people that, that make a living out of analyzing competitive products would say that it's not quite as good at this stage as, as ChatGPT. No, that's really helpful. And I think it's important, isn't it? When you are exploring something, you can get overwhelmed, can't you? Because there's so many, so many things out there to explore and they all feel quite different and it can be quite scary in terms of understanding which ones. So yeah, we've been using ChatGPT um, in our business and we use it to generate ideas a lot of the time because it's saved. So 
blog ideas that will help a business. So titles that we can then go away and write. Um, we're copywriters as much as anything else. So we wouldn't use it to write the content for us, but certainly titles and structure and just another, sometimes another perspective um, is kind of very helpful and it can unlock and start conversations. So yeah, we well, found it really helpful. Yeah. One of the things you can do, of course, is is if you know who your ideal customer is, that's great, but maybe you don't. So you can actually say, okay, write this in the style of a pirate for a 10-year-old. Yes. You know, I mean, if you're if you're marketing children's books, for example, you know, that's, that's a style you may want to do. And believe it or not, it will go away and it will do that. You know? I think that we would be, we've had some great fun in, just with that exact kind of, um, uh, you know, example you've just given is that in the, as the team's been exploring how to use it and just what the potentials are and how it can do, it's giving it that kind of prompt is really, it's really fun to then see how it comes back. And it does really open your mind up to see what the potential is yeah. um, and what the benefits are. And certainly we would say that for those who joined us on the six weeks, week March's Growth Hub webinar series, I think almost en masse everybody was starting to use it more and more for their business by the end, weren't they, and feeling mm. really confident in doing so. And we're recognising the pros and the cons, but understanding how to use it specifically for them and their business for the for the greater good. So there is just so much opportunity out there for people to, to you know, really, to really go forth and use it in a really effective way. Yeah. I mean, just, just as, a, as a simple example, but very practical for us, it in the UK, is that the, these are all American-based, um, you know, technologies. And so instead of showing pound symbols for financial amounts, it shows dollar symbols. It spells incorrectly with Zs rather than Ss. All you need to do is you, when you put your prompt in is say, output everything, please, in UK English, you know, and for financial amounts, please use a pound sign and it will do it. Yeah, well, that's a great you know, example about just how specific you need to be. Yes. It's an example of how actually underlyingly powerful the technology is, you know, to say, you know, to say, just do it this way. Give it instructions, tell it precisely what to do and you'll get fantastic uh, results from it. That's great. So kind of in summary, then it doesn't replace the human. No, no. But it enhances the human's ability to deliver and create content in a way it enhances creativity was the way we described it didn't we actually yes. when we were talking together and that's really important that fact checking is critical absolutely vital um and that i guess the top tips would be to experiment experiment review yeah modify <laughs> experiment review modify you know it's sort of like rinse repeat it's uh Go go through that go through that that process until you get exactly what you want. Absolutely, and and use your networks around you as well. So if you are pulling out blog content, for example, and you are using um, a generative A platform to to support you in process, do give that content to other people to read to see if it does sound like you. You may be so excited about the fact that somebody else has written it for you, they might go, "Ah, oh, this is so good!" And it, suddenly, it's you're using it as a, you know, as a way to market your business. So do sense check things by getting using other people around you to make sure that you are not veering too far from your true authentic self yeah no i think definitely do that even check it out on some of your customers yeah because absolutely. because they've got a relationship with you they know they know generally how you communicate with them uh, and they can give you authentic feedback uh, it really is all about authentication 
whichever way you can best achieve that. The advantage for the really small businesses, you know, of which we have a lot in Shropshire, you know, one man or two man or five man or sorry, five people, <laughs> forgive me, five five people businesses, is that um, we're not all experts in everything. And starting and growing and making sustainable a small, a relatively small business demands a lot of different skill. So anything that we can do in any particular business process that we need to be attentive to, uh, that we can get some automated support with is is just fantastic. You know, none of us do our arithmetic calculations, you know, on, with pen and paper anymore. You know, we either use a spreadsheet on a computer or at the very worst, a calculator, you know. So let's just, let's just use ChatGPT, for example, and the other Gen AI products. Let's just use it as a word calculator to help us get, get a higher level of automation. That's fantastic. And I think hopefully uh, great advice and inspiration for people to just go ahead and, and explore and experiment and, you know, appreciate all of the benefits that, that you've um, discussed with us today. Now, you have your own podcast as well, which I think would be great to find out a bit more about so in case people want to hear more from you, David. Could you just tell us a bit about your own podcast? Yeah, Mark and I produce a periodic um, Choice Master podcast, which looks at all things AI. Uh, the last few have been specifically about generative AI because it's very topical at this point in time. And we've discussed, uh, the podcast discussed, you know, how to how to use ChatGPT to build chatbots and <laughs> the pros and cons of doing that through to, well, you know, we what's this principle called AI responsibility? You know, we've got to have responsible AI and it's a big thing now that governments and other institutions are are feverishly looking at because the technology can be used effectively to benefit benefit us and uh, can also be used to disadvantage us. You know, there's the potential for mass, mass, mass generation of disinformation, which actually will be the subject of our next Choice Master podcast, which is coming up, and that's called AI and You. And uh, you can find it on... Uh, on LinkedIn, uh, I'm sure, or on the 1386 audio uh, website. Okay, that's brilliant. And I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening who want to go on and hear more from you and, and um, learn more from your kind of skills and expertise and experience in this matter, because it's endless, isn't it? We could probably sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours about all of the possibilities, but kind of specifically here today, hopefully... In terms of the March's Growth Hub and, and all of the support that they give their businesses in this area, and if you have yet to have really experienced all that the Growth Hub team can support, please go onto their website. They do loads of events, loads of training, and it's all free, um, and it's all kind of funded to support business growth. And hopefully this AI series has been kind of an important part of that process. So thank you very much, David. Wow. Thank you. You were, you know, you're a great partner to do that. It was a good joint venture. And I think if we're thinking of using Gen AI as a helpful assistant, then the March's Growth Hub has got to be the most helpful assistant. As you said, they they promote so many different events that help small business owners. It's it's they just do a fantastic job. Great. Thank you very much, David. Thank you, Louise. This is a 1386 audio production. 